Welcome, welcome, welcome to Thirst Knowledge Podcast, episode 87. I'm James Evers. I'm Justin. And I'm Seth Tardiff. And today on the episode, we welcome back our unofficial fourth member, Andrew Quist, to the podcast. Yes, we sure do. Um, And this was a really fun episode. We went into some more philosophy stuff on this one, specifically thought experiments. So we had Q come up with some of the classic thought experiment examples from philosophy and such, and he runs down what they were, and then we kind of discuss. There is also a little part in the middle here where we kind of derail a little bit and talk about how taxes and American gas prices (laughs) and inflation things should work. But that's fine, right? You know, yep. and then we, we go right back into the philosophy. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode with our great friend Q. Enjoy. Enjoy. I recently saw two videos of how they uh, store airline luggage. Like in the hull of the plane mm. and everything. Like, have you guys mm. ever seen what that looks see, like? Yeah. Dude, I've had to it. load an airplane oh. before. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So, the, so the one that I saw, um, the guy's like in there, and it's a tightly cramped space, yeah. and there was a conveyor yeah. that goes into it, and he's just playing Tetris super fast with all the luggage that's coming mm. in at him. It, it was it's amazing. It was very cool to watch. The other video I saw was what happens to the musical instruments that get shipped. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I don't want to know. It's like, they're, dude, they're coming in on a conveyor, okay? All in, and you can tell it's like guitars and like, there must have been a band or like an orchestra or something that was flying. And yeah. you see them taking the luggage off and just stacking it in this nice, like, on this nice pile. And then when the musical instruments come out, li- the guy's literally just taking them off and throwing them into a pile. It's not a neat pile at all. It's just like, oh, the luggage comes here, stack it nice, and then, oh, guitar case, throw it into the pile. And so, like... <laughs> Tuba, throw it into the pile. Exactly. <laughs> did, I, did I ever tell you the story about my guitar going on the airplane? No. no. Oh, my God. Okay, so when I, I was... I think in, you did on the podcast. When I was in really? California... Way back, like, the year one. Yeah. Oh, wow. So when I went to California, the only thing I brought as a carry-on was my guitar, and it was in a soft case. And I used it as my carry-on, and I paid extra money to put all my luggage under the plane. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I want to keep this with me, because I had only had a soft case. Yeah. And... I was in line. I was about to get on the airplane. I was like literally two people from the front door of the plane. And they're like, oh, sorry, we don't have any room for any more carry-ons. So we oh, have geez. to be like at the back of the line. No, they were like, we have to put yours under the thing. And I'm like, well, listen, hold on. I'm like, there's like 10 people in front of me with hard case luggage. And they have huge luggage. I'm like, this is the only thing I have. And I brought this with me for a reason. I'm like, this is an expensive ass guitar. And it's in a soft case. And like, we promise you, sir, like it's going to be taken care of. Blah, blah, blah. We'll put like a be gentle or like fragile sticker. on. I'm like, well, like, no, I don't want you to put it under. I want to put it with. I made a huge thing. I'm like, can I talk to a manager right now? And I was like two people <laughs> from the front door of the plane. And they're like, sir, please. And they, they started getting that tone. Oh, yeah. Where they're like, if you don't do what I say, you're not fucking flying today. And I was like, okay, please take good care of it. I'm like, this is in a soft case. It's an expensive ass guitar. Please and thank you. Well, it's holding. I was like rubbing up the shaft and the neck of the. So they took it. They put a fucking sticker on it and they gave it to a guy. I fucking went into Oakland, California. Fucking as soon as my thing goes by, I can already tell it's fucking broken. The whole 
fucking soft case is bent at a 90 degree angle where the neck is oh. and i'm like are you kidding me and I, i'm like grabbing i'm like this is mine and i open it up and it's just fucking folded in half mm. and it's the whole neck is snapped and yeah. i'm like what the fuck like did they break this on purpose they threw it in the pile dude there's no way i'm like what the fuck and then on top of all that i didn't even get my rest of my luggage that was under the plane until fucking three days later oh my god i had to god. go back that to the sucks. plane the airport what airline was this I don't remember. Bullshit, bullshit airplane. <laughs> fly, fly, no, no. <laughs> I don't remember. It was years ago, but I was pissed. And they're like, you can fill out this form and give us the receipt for what you bought it for. And I'm like, bitch, I don't have the receipt from like four years ago. Like, what do you think I it's am? It's amazing how they just want you to reproduce like, like some bullshit material that yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah. So I didn't get any money for it. And then I bought this shitty ass guitar from California that was way overpriced. I paid like 300 bucks for like this stupid guitar that's worth like 100. I was furious. But was I it wanted... one of those like like children's squire packs with it like was, a little amp? It, that... it was, no, it was, it was <laughs> an acoustic guitar. It was an acoustic guitar, but it was like a traveling small bodied guitar with a full neck. It oh, was called, yep. it was like a Johnson. And I looked it up later after I bought it for like 300 bucks and it was like 125 online. I was like, yeah, this bullshit. Fuck, fuck California. And I was pissed. And... <laughs> California. Q, do you have any uh, thought experiment examples that have to do with airline travel? Um, you're flying up, boy. We're just we're we're just jumping right into it, huh? And some dude thinks so. You're flying in a plane. You're sitting next to this fat, gross man. He farts right in front of you. (laughs) What do you do? Strangle him to death, or you stab him in the neck with your pen? (laughs) (laughs) Or you just eat your sandwich quietly for the rest of your (laughs) flight. So that's gonna suck. Way more vapors coming off of them than just the one dissipating fart vapor. Do you want liquid or non-liquid? What? What? <laughs> no, it's just blood. You're stabbing him or you're strangling him. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be blood or no blood. Or no liquid. <laughs> you want all the liquid or none of the liquid? That's funny. I um, I think you guys. I think we talked about the trolley problem at one point. Yeah. We did. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember what we talked about. We just kind of what I think I just gave it to you. I want. Uh, yeah, I think we were talking about something else, and I the talk trolley about problem your came up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it. So j- I think it had something to do when we were sort of talking about the discussion of like suffering and 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 the oh, okay. moral responsibility oh, yeah. of like that choice and who who holds that power to make that decision. Um, yeah. So just a just a quick recap: the trolley problem. The original version is you notice five individuals tied to some trolley tracks. Trolley's coming down right at them. And you don't have the ability to untie them in time. However, you could pull a level di- lever ver- diverting the trolley to another set of tracks. But when you do that, you kill an innocent bystander who is tied to those tracks. So essentially, five people die on one set of tracks unless you pull a lever and they go and kill one. So that's the original variation. We talked about that. We talked about a couple variants of that where you're standing on a bridge over the tracks and instead of pulling a lever, you have to push a man yeah. onto the tracks. Mm-hmm. Like um, a big fat man. Yeah. So there is another variation that I think is a little more um, appropriate for the times we live mm-hmm. in. Um, and this also came up a little bit in... I've been listening to on Audible a lot of uh, Yuval Noah Harari, okay, yeah. the writer, mm-hmm. um, who's 
absolutely brilliant. Like he's got three books. They're all wonderful. I'm on the last one now. But um so he he talks about, you know, self-driving cars, right? So he talks a lot about algorithms, he talks a lot about data, but for the trolley variant that involves self-driving cars, imagine you are a programmer at Tesla or whatever, and you have the ability to program the um, algorithm in the car such that if it's driving down the road and like two kids run into the street to get a ball, the algorithm is going to determine that it's going to swerve into oncoming traffic to avoid killing the two kids. But there's like a high percentage it's going to kill the driver. The driver of the so vehicle that is in the car? The, own, the, owner, the owner of the okay. vehicle, yeah. The one who's riding in the car, riding in the self-driving car. And it's like, do you have it... Does the programmer choose that algorithm, the one that avoids killing the two kids but will kill the owner? Or does the programmer choose the other one that's going to save the life of the owner at, at any other cost, mm. right? So that's kind of like the dilemma. And the interesting, or not, it's not really the variant, but the, the way that it was framed by Harari is like, well, we could try letting the market decide. So Tesla produces one model with the egoist al algorithm such that it will do whatever it does, whatever it takes to keep the owner of the car alive in any traffic situation. It also produces the um, altruist algorithm model, which will do whatever it takes to cause the least amount of harm. Mm -hmm. And then if more people end up buying the egoist model, what does that tell ah, you? You know, yes. people value that more or not, or more people like, want to buy the I other one. I feel like if you advertise both models, the ego one would win f by far. It's it's hard to say, I, but I like, don't know, man. I dude, don't know if, if you were like, listen, true. your car is going to make decision to save you in the car or save something else. What if that <clears throat> fucking thing thinks that two children is a deer or a fucking rock or anything else? Like, it's always making decisions to kill you instead of to so kill whatever's how, on the road. How, so, it, it, yeah, how perfect is the algorithm then, right? Let's just let's assume that it's a high degree of so it's not going to think like a yeah it's yeah, not going to think not, it's a rock like, or a deer or whatever it's like these are two children playing am I responsible yeah, for the deaths of these children financially <clears throat> or is Tesla is it just morally like I have to live with the consequences or do I have to live financially with these consequences as well well I mean I guess it depends on like what what level you're looking at it from so if you're like the programmer and you're going to have these two mod these two algorithms yeah. like um you know producing these things in the car is the pro programmer is one thing and then choosing it as a consumer in society mm -hmm. is like a, a different thing and it's uh it's interesting because in this when he's talking about this stuff he he talks about like um a survey of this very question and most people who most people who when they think about the algorithms on them by themselves, they're like the altruist models the, as the better one. And then oh, yeah, but. the follow-up question is, is that the one that you would buy? Mm. And most people are like, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> no. Right. So it's like, it's kind of this interesting division between like, what do you want to do for yourself? What do you, you what do you think is well, everybody, best for everyone, yeah. everyone else Everybody romanticizes the idea of being selfless and the hero oh, and like, yeah. I will take That's one true. for the team, but when it comes down to it, yeah, they're in not that jumping situation, on that grenade. They're fucking running. Yeah, they're not jumping on the grenade. Yeah, it also it also depends on like the size of the team. That's another like um, 
I'm going to plug another book here called The Righteous Mind by Jonathan Haidt, which is about religion and politics and group psychology and social psychology. It's fascinating, mm. absolutely fascinating book. Um, but in that, he talks about we do have these mechanisms for altruism. He calls it a hive switch. So certain conditions will flip the hive switch and make us do these things that are genuinely selfless. Sure and genuinely altruistic. So you were in the military mm. and that's a really great example because people who are in the military who exhibit these behaviors nine times out of 10, don't say that they're doing it because of their mother country or the, the belief in the ideology of the politicians that started the war. They're doing it for the people to the left and right of them that are their brothers in arms. That's, that's all true, yes. Right. So that's the, the, so I mean, the group there, it's still a group, but it's a smaller group that's sort of constrained differently than these larger groups, these national or ideological groups or what have you. So it's, it's kind of, it's, it's interesting, but that has nothing to do with any, um, thought experiment. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it's a good, it's a good, it's an interesting take though. Like it's an interesting idea of like how, how, the tribal mind sort of plays into some of the decisions that we make. Yeah. And, um, in sort of steeping in these books that I've been listening to recently, a lot of it's like, you know, I used to think, um, things like religion were sort of inherently bad to some degree because of how they sort of get people to do horrible, horrible things. Um, religious wars and whatnot, but it's kind of like the only thing that gets people to cooperate mm. beyond kinship groups, which max out at about 150. Mm -hmm. The only thing that gets people to cooperate at all is imagined orders, which is either some sort of ideological thing, religious, mm -hmm. political, they all kind of function the same way. And it's like, you can't have that. Like, yes, religion has caused terrible, terrible things. But it's also been... The cause the of only the way glue for, to keep yeah, civilization yeah. afloat. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Also, like the only thing that. <clears throat> so yeah, it, yeah. So Christianity caused all this terrible violence and crusades or so whatever. But the only way a lot that, of violence. Yeah, well, the only way that you would have been able to motivate that large amount of people to do anything mm -hmm. together, crusades or <laughs> otherwise, right. is through religion yeah. or something like an imagined order. So it's kind of a. I don't think religion is bad. Interesting I think aside. it's the um, I. I think it's the ideas. I think it's the ideas in religion that are carried on throughout the past that people think as concrete. That's all. Well, that could be the same thing for something like liberalism, right? So at the end of the World War II, there was only basically two stories you could choose between liberalism and communism. Yeah. And in 1990, it's just liberalism, right? So it's that's also an imagined order that has people like glue together in a certain way. And it's sort of like this idea that this individual is paramount and people's feelings are the ultimate arbitrator in, in decisions and whatnot of things that matter, like and so on and so forth. But it's um, this sort of elevation of the individual over. And that's the same thing. That can also function as like this imagined order that motivates people to do this, that, or the other. Right. So, I did compile a list of thought experiments. Nice, nice. 
and that is the first one was that self-driving car one so i i don't have I, these i want to think i want to just real quick go back to that self-driving car <clears throat> i want yeah. i want to like so like in what do you think about do you think it would be different in terms of the sales or the selection if the two automobile the two models were either identical in look and color but just had a different programming or if they were two different colors or two different body styles or types mm. how would that how do you suppose the, that would play into the choice of the consumer if it was marketed differently yeah so the ideally you want to have it be the exact same thing and only have it be the algorithm because that'll get you to determine yeah, people's your, the motivation on the algorithm right. your con it's a controlled experiment Right, exactly. Yeah. So if you if you start, I mean, it, you could vary it. You know, you could put tons more money into the marketing for the altruist model and have it make come in six colors and they're all sexy and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And the other one just comes in beige and isn't <laughs> doesn't have a single commercial produced for it. I don't yeah. know. I mean, they should bring. If that's the case, then it would be more sales for the altruist one because people make decisions based on and I think that emotions and whatnot. That so. Would ha uh, so that would show you the more of the ideology of the company as a whole, because they're trying to push you to make a certain decision. Yes. Yes. And that's like a whole other thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah <that's> a, yes. <laughs> but you, you had meant, so I, so I wasn't necessarily talking about, it, it's interesting you brought up like, Making the pretty colors or the more tractable colors be a part of like one one programming versus the other. Like, what if you had the attractive, stylish, sleek body styles and colors only available for the egoist model, and then the beige, grossly boring model for the altruistic? I, the same exact thing that I just said. I think that shows you the ideology of the company because want, the more focus that they put on one of them. But I'm, I was thinking more from like a consumer perspective. So if, like if, selecting if the your running shoes. Are like, fuck it. Like I want to go with the beige, plan, bland, altruist one because that, I mean, I guess if, if you thought that that was the better way to go, then that, that would, um, that would be a positive thing if people said, oh, fuck the flashy marketing. I'm going to go for the bland one, you know? Right, but I, I would be curious how many people would, like like people who select their running shoes based on color yeah. and not necessarily like anything else. Like that's the only, like people are vain enough to fucking I, I think, select a model based off of. I think you're talking about like broad appeal versus somebody that's like going, at, like because your elite runner will be like, what are the best shoes that are going to get the job done for me? Sure. So they're looking at it more closely. Whereas there's plenty of people that wear running shoes that don't even run. They're simply buying it off of the looks. Right. So when if you've got somebody that's looking at these two cars that are branded differently and they don't care about, you know, altruism or, or you know, egoism, they're just like, oh, this one looks cooler. That's the one I'm buying right they don't, they don't even know <clears throat> right. about that function you know right but i wonder how often that would be sold how much the more flashier ones would be sold Not, uh, like company philosophy aside like how much the public would just make that decision i think the flashier one would sell more yeah, most I'd, definitely right i think descriptively based on things we know about human consumption yeah and marketing <laughs> that's just it's kind of like a numbers yeah. game it's just that's what's gonna happen 
Mm-hmm. Um, so there's another one. This one's really, really short, or it's really short to um, articulate. And I don't know. Maybe we could find some interesting stuff in here. All right, you ready for this? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think James is paying attention. Sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I had some shit I had to deal with real quick. It's dealt with. We're done. What's going on? <laughs> this this is this is called Russell's uh, Bertrand Russell Russell's five minute hypothesis. Okay. <clears throat> there is no logical impossibility within the hypothesis that the world sprang into being five minutes ago, exactly as it then was, with a population that remembered a wholly unreal past. Oh I need boy. some way more explanation on oh that one. Oh, boy. <laughs> Can you simplify that? Essentially, there is nothing... There's no logical errors in saying that the world and everything in it sprang into existence five minutes ago with all the people in it that you already know, but they sprang into existence at the same time, but they have all these remembered memories of a... Of a past that doesn't exist that means we didn't exist before five minutes ago and but we have all these memories that precede five basically minutes ago. developed and uploaded into our fake ass brains you, you can't prove that that <clears throat> statement's wrong right exactly yeah. that's what that yeah. means yeah there's no logical impossibility yeah. in that yeah that, that that just hurts your brain a little bit <laughs> i mean you can say that so that doesn't matter though with the five minutes it could be one minute it could be 10 seconds sure. it could yeah, be exactly. frame it anyway. a million yeah. years any yeah. amount of time yeah. He just picked five minutes. So you could just say, because, like, there's no yeah. question that at any time we are just what we are now. Yeah, I mean... Develop... Com- this This kind of gets at, like, about what we know about knowledge. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you... Like, is... Like, what is knowledge? How is it possible? Can your sense experiences and memories be trusted to find truth? Oh, yeah. You don't know. I mean, so I, it's like what? So yeah. So say say it wasn't five minutes ago. Say it was three years ago, or ten thousand years ago. Well, no, well, that's a little bit. It has to be when you're alive, like during your existence. So yeah, like all that stuff. Like so, we if it was three years ago, right? And we had all these memories and all these things that we learned about things that happened hundreds of years ago. It yeah. could all be. It could all be false. It could all be. Oh fuck yeah! But that's what school is, man. That's what history <laughs> class is. It could all be fucking fake as hell. You just got these books that someone printed out, and you're just lo- learning whatever someone's teaching you. For us to ex- pay by the government to fucking tell you what to do. <laughs> Most so, kids go to school paid by the fucking government, man. What do you want me to okay, say? It's okay. Biden's fault the gas is up. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my Jesus god! Oh my god! Christ! <laughs> Wow, you just I had a whole other train of thought that I was trying to go <laughs> to. Why is the price so high, man? Completely got derailed. <laughs> um, <laughs> God damn it, James. Well, that's you what you, you get, just Seth. Me. You just Why is the gas brain. price so high? I don't know. History. I don't know. Maybe AI Matrix people are bringing it back to the... So Okay, so this is what I was going to say. Like, yeah. what, what is... So... Apart from that, like hurting your brain, that thought experiment hurting your brain, what is that a comment on, like practically, a, a practical application of that thought experiment? I, 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 I think mean, there's something there, right? Like how, how well, our existence depends upon us believing 
all of these things that all of our learned experiences and everything, like regardless of whether or not we can prove that we, there's so many assumptions that we have to make just for us to function from a day to day. I mean, it's like the existence of of, like magic. Like you can't. Well, sort of. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this has to do with like, you know, like I said, knowledge, like what knowledge of something that you know how to do versus knowledge of something that someone that you trust knows how to do. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, you know, faith in experts is completely like collapsed in this country <laughs> i think <laughs> <To it. laughs> and yes. so it's like because sure. there's this weird skeptical so this this whole notion this five minute hypothesis is is commonly used by philosophical skept, skeptics or phil, not skeptics of philosophical knowledge okay. people that say that we can't have any knowledge knowledge isn't a thing we can have mm-hmm. or what have you um so it's like if you don't have any faith in experts and you think that ev- that all of your knowledge has to be derived firsthand mm. then what reason do you have to like drive a car that you did not engineer or know how to yeah 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 operate on like what reason do you have to use a computer that you don't know how yep. to use or what re- you know all these other things so it's like i don't know it's 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 weird like you know you go to the mechanic because they're an expert in fixing your car mm-hmm but you're not going to ask your mechanic to perform bypass surgery on you. Yeah. That's for a different exactly. expert. So it's, it's, it's kind of like, I'm a little lost. In so this so analogy. Why, why do I trust that my cell phone can work and I can call you yeah. on the phone queue, but in the same respect, I think that the earth is flat. Right. And all, yeah. Yeah. Or you like, you know, what reason do you have to, um, like the, the like the five minute hypothesis, like uh, you. Oh, I just had it too. I'm a little confused on this analogy. I lost someone somewhere. I can understand like why trusting people is <laughs> why trust a mechanic. Can you trust? Okay. Can you trust your own memories and experiences to be true, truthful to 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 reflect the reality of the situation? So this five minute hypothesis, you have this whole entire lifetime of memories and experiences that you believe to be true, but none of it is because the world sprang into existence five minutes ago. So it's like the same thing. You could apply this skepticism to experts on the knowledge they know, but you also apply it to your own sense experiences and your own memory. And it kind of makes it sound like, well, what's the justification for, but like you, what I remember being true. You have to, Mm -hmm. you, you, if you you don't believe in anything, you have to, yeah, if you don't, you have to believe this because why the fuck would you, why would you get out of bed? There's no reason to get out of bed. If you, you have to, well, your life doesn't start over. You have to concede on something. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not a lot of things. Well, yeah, I mean, yes. (laughs) it's, yeah, it's like you, it's, I mean, that's, so the, you're raising a question about connection to motivation, right? So it's like knowledge of something implies motivation of some, of some kind. But the, the, the problem is really just located in the knowledge sphere because, because there isn't really, a, there's, given these situations that we can construct, five minute hypothesis or, you know, three year hypothesis or whatever, it's like, what reason? Do you think that, yeah, and you say so you have to have some knowledge of a narrative of your life, otherwise you're not going to be able to function. But it's, it's, it's kind of related to uh, a point that was raised by David Hume where he's like, all we have is inductive reasoning in terms of 
the statement, the sun rose yesterday, the sun rose today, the sun is going to rise again tomorrow. Right. Because you've had a lifetime of experiences where the sun has risen, that doesn't give you logical certainty that the sun is going to rise tomorrow. Because eventually you know it's not I mean? going right. to. Well, eventually, but you I mean, you can't say with any degree of certainty that it will yeah. rise. You you can say you know induction doesn't give you certainty. Right. Induction gives you high probability, <laughs> if anything at all. So it's kind of like we think the sun's going to rise tomorrow, but when it comes down to the logic of it, that may not be valid. Yeah, we think you know we have these not these experiences of a real world that has a history and things that actually rub up against reality and truth and whatnot. But, you know, we can construct these things that, that put that into question. You know, you can think about a dream you had that was extremely vivid and you indiscernible from reality. You know, that's another, it's not really thought experiment, but kind of like, how do you know that you're not being deceived right now by an evil demon that's giving you all these experiences? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> that type of, how do you know you're not a brain and a vat that's hooked up to a bunch of electrodes that's being monitored by a scientist and being fed all these experiences? But does, does that, know? I mean, it doesn't take away from the sensations and stuff that I'm feeling right now. No, it take doesn't, the right but no I mean, perception is reality. You know. Right. I think it's funny that yeah. you're using logic to to show the bunk in logic, like the flaw in logic. <laughs> like you're using logic well, to, no, that, to say that we can't use logic. Well, it's you're using logic to show the errors in, not in logic, but in the way that we think about things. Right. Mm. Yeah. In the moment, in a sense. Um. But yeah, that the whole the whole problem of knowledge. That that term, if you like, Google that. That's an entire massive branch of of epistemology, which is a part of philosophy. So it's like this whole this talk about knowledge and how we can have knowledge and what it means to have knowledge. Like that's a that could be you could have a podcast devoted just to that. I have a question. And would you that. call it What's a that? thirst for knowledge? Mm, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> We don't have to change a fucking thing, Seth. We just continue on what we're doing. All right. I have a question for you guys. All right. Based on what you were talking about before and the stuff that Justin just said, would you which ro which road would you take? Would you take Cypher's road on the Matrix where you're going to be you go with the Matrix. You get that big fat steak that he wants every single day. You're a high celebrity. You're fucking rich. You're famous. But you you know deep down you're in a fake simulated world. You don't know that, though. Oh, you don't know that. Okay. You don't know that shit. So you're no, rich no, and Cypher fucking... knows that. Cypher knows yeah, that, though. What, Does what, he wipe his brain? I, I recently... No. Outside of the situation, he knows that. The Matrix. Yeah. But when he's in the situation eating that steak, he doesn't know that it's similar. No, he does. He says, I know this is real. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you, he does then. He does then, <laughs> yeah. but he was going to make a deal so that he would forget all of oh, it. Oh, that's and he's right. Really, no, you're yeah. right. That's he's right. He wants famous. to remember nothing. He wants nothing. to remember nothing. <laughs> yeah. So nothing. he would be eating. So but <laughs> nothing. His, he would live a high lifestyle right. not knowing any of that shit. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. we can play that way. So, so I, either way, I, I'm taking the blue pill, <laughs> which is I'm staying not in the matrix. Staying in the matrix. Fuck yes. Yeah. Okay. You, well, what are you gonna fucking like? Who, who gives a shit about truth and reality? 
if you're fucking eating tasty wheat out of a fucking vat in the Nebuchadnezzar in some weird electrical field with octopus trying to kill you. Fuck that. What's reality, man? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Do you want me to take you out of your life right now and put you put some plugs in your booty hole and make you fucking eat <laughs> only the booty hole? Right. Only I, the I don't darkness. think they had plugs in the booty hole. Well, in my <laughs> matrix, they do. That's yeah, how you get fed yeah. nutritionally. That's all there is. <laughs> booty hole food. Look, the massive. You want to live your life. life the way you're living now, or you want me to put some stuff no, in your butt? I, there's and no you, point. You don't see anything but darkness. There's baby. no point in coming out of the matrix. I There's think no it, fucking it is, point. I agree. There's no fucking point. Enjoy. I think it's highly dependent on whether or not you can do anything. I about guarantee it. you. All right, what, anyone who's well, in a position so, where they're like, well, n- n- Neo and his his troop seem to have some agency in the real world with what they're doing with their with their ship, et cetera, okay. et cetera. Like a hack if, you're, file. if you're if you're just some schlub who wakes up in Which a pod is that's and all gets, of us. There's right. nothing special well, yeah, about so that's okay, the thing. So, yeah, so if James, you can't do anything about the real world. Yeah, yeah. So what's your what's your question then? Uh, well, everything's evolving now, but uh, so are you, would I, you want to be Neo or you want to be Cipher in the fucking... But Cipher doesn't get killed. He's living the high life, rich, famous, in the Matrix, or Neo suffering, eating fucking wheat-thinned liquid. But he's trying to do something. He is trying to do something, but I'm not saying his life is very good. Okay. Okay. Or, or I'm still. Or, I'm or still, do you want to be Cipher in the Matrix or Cipher in the fucking? I'm still getting my booty hole out of the Matrix. Plugged in. You're I'm not even my, Neo. You're Cyphers. You're Cipher. I'm getting my booty hole plugged in. You're getting plugged in. You're taking that blue pill. <laughs> I'm taking the, I'm taking that blue pill too, man. Fuck this shit. What's the point? So I think it also depends. Now, if it, someone was like, "Listen, hold on, you hold are on, the hold on, one." Hold on, hold on. No, if you're if you're talking straight up, the question is. Would you rather be Cypher in the Matrix or would you rather be Neo outside of the Matrix? Um, if it's if it's those specific characters, I'm going Neo. Now, if you're yeah. talking my life right now, say I'm... In, well, that's what Neo say, was. No, 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 no. Neo saying, was a shitty person. Well, not a shitty person, but he was a normal person. No, 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 no. no. My life right now with a wife and a kid... In a good family and friends. Fake-ass life with a fake-ass wife so, and a fake-ass so, kid. Say, so say that it's my life right now, and this is my, my perceived life. If I get unplugged and it's just me, yeah, now none I'm of that gone, shit's real. None of that shit's real. And now I'm in the Matrix, like just on a guy on Neo's crew. Like that's a t- in the real in the world. world. That's a tough decision yeah. for me to make now. Now, if, if I was Cypher or Neo, I'd go Neo. Because Neo didn't like in his life, like he, you could see, like he didn't, he, he didn't have he, like he was family a, 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 a and shit. Office guy, like plugging away day to day, like that kind of thing. Yeah. So you're saying, like, yeah, if you had a fake ass wife and a fake ass kid, you want to go back to that fake ass life with those fake ass kids? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I that, get that's that shit. A, that's a tougher decision. That's a much because I've lived, <clears throat> but it's 30, fake. Seth. I've lived none. None of it's I've real. Lived Thirty-four years of that being real to me. 34 years of that it's being like, That's like Neo, though. It's like Morty being pulled out of that fucking thing. Uh, yes, exactly. It blitz yeah. and chips. Yeah. Blitz and chips, bro. <laughs> like that, but Neo, you don't you don't know Neo's backstory. You just know that he was coming out from work. He could still have a mom and a dad and a brother and a sister that... I don't know. You saw I that, think apart, the important that apartment part that he lived in. It's pretty shitty, yeah. 
I think the important part is what Neo can do in the real world, which <laughs> is <laughs> upset the order. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know? So it's but like, it's, were, it's not so much about, it's not so much about what your simulated life is and how good or not yeah. it is. It's more about what can you do? But yeah. let's just say that you weren't Neo. You were just Cypher living with Neo in the bullshit or you're a cypher living in the matrix being rich and shit. It's like, fuck man, do I want to eat oatmeal? Well, if you're, if you're, if you're cypher in the real world on the crew of the Nebuchadnezzar and you've got Morpheus and Neo, then again, you have more of a chance for your mission, your crew to upset yes. the order. Yeah. Right. And you, all- but if you are, <coughs> if you're, if you're dumped out of that tube and you just land in the, in the wastewater and there's no one there and you're fucking no Nebuchadnezzar. You're, you're, yeah. Yeah. You, you drown and die <laughs> and then you don't have a simulated life and you don't have a real life This is what I don't get about either. that now too. Like once they crush the matrix and everything's done, what about all those people in those pods? Where do they where do they go? How do you feed those people? Where do you keep all those refugees? Refugees. Well, they, they well they had a giant city that had resources. Zion. Yeah. Yeah, but most of the people that were there farming were like hundreds times that, right? Well, you'd slow you'd slowly break people out, right? Like there there'd be a whole th- like either slowly break them out or just transfer the ownership and operation of that battery farm to the people in zion they until they naturally expire in the pods and let oh, them yeah. die you know the people of zion repopulate the yeah. earth the people in the pods yeah. continue to provide energy for the people in zion until they just yeah sort of yeah yeah, yeah. But that, what's the okay. difference bro but then, who are they to make that decision all that matrix shit was was a comfort zone for the batteries yeah, yeah exactly to keep that yeah because okay so if Jesus, you were a human they need to make a matrix seven did you see the fourth one? No, I haven't. If you were a human who won the Matrix War and re- received ownership of that battery farm, if you're running a battery farm, you are the upriser. You are the you are what you rose against. Yeah, but you've but yeah. you've also stopped the enslavement. You stopped the cycle. You stopped the cycle. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, eventually, exactly. that will just well, you, ideally, that would go away. No. No, right. humanity would take that and keep the battery farm, and because then there'd be that guy that'd be like, "Hold on, hear me out." <laughs> Hold on, listen. Right. Yes, <laughs> we waste a good we, fucking we've got system a, here. We've got a pretty good system going here. <laughs> We're <laughs> we, only tapping in about one percent. Imagine a hundred. We can make some upgrades to Zion, and we can have that for ourselves. Okay? Yo, bro, that sounds like Matrix Seven right there. Like, hold on, listen, oh. bro. Let's be the new Matrix. <laughs> we'll keep everything the, the same way, except we're running the show, not those fucking weird alien exactly, things. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Keep keep whatever defaults going. Let us fucking think about this shit. I can make some money here, bro. You know, in my mind, you know who who said that? <laughs> Isaac Hayes. But as as the guy from uh, Escape from. New York, Escape from L.A. Okay, with the fucking Cadillac, with the fucking chandelier and shit, man. Yeah, yeah, Isaac yeah. Hayes. I think that yeah, it's Escape from L.A. Escape from L.A. Yeah, <laughs> he's Isaac he was Hayes. the guy who said who would say something like that. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> All right, Q. You guys what wanna, do we got for the next? You guys want to? You want a practical moral one? Here right. we go. A man wearing a thousand dollar suit sees a child drowning in the ocean and being pulled away by the currents. He doesn't have time to take off his suit and save the child. Is the man morally obligated to jump in the ocean and ruin his suit to save the drowning child? Fuck yeah, child? 100%. It's a $1,000 suit, bro. What's $1,000 for a life? 
Now, if you answered yes to that first question, <laughs> consider this. A person is up late watching television, and an ad comes on stating that with a $1,000 donation, you can save a child's life in a poverty-stricken village. The person researches the charity, and it appears to be legit. Is this person morally obligated to donate $1,000 to save the child in a poverty-stricken village if they have the money to do so? Fuck no. Don't trust if, nobody. If, <laughs> if, if not, how are the two examples different? Here's how they're different. Because yes. I answered yes in my mind to the first one. Because how are they different is simply this. You are, and this kind of goes back to that five-minute hypothesis thing. So it, you are in the moment physically seeing a child drowning, right? You have an ability to stop that from happening. You know that that child is actually in danger. You see it. You see the situation unfolding, and there's no way to help this kid. If you don't do anything, this kid's going to die. The charity thing, the request for that TV, you have to take it on faith that that is actually going to save a life. Now, the, the, the charity might be legit. It could be. It is. It probably is legit. But there's no way I of think the knowing. Purpose of, I think the purpose of mentioning that is to kind of discount the entire skeptical knowledge problem. I think you don't see. Well, I guess that's the point is, right? If you don't see... Because the crux of the issue is $1,000 is getting spent either way. Right. And essentially, yeah, I mean, that is the difference. Like, one difference is it's kind of after the fact, and then you get to go on trust with this village, but it's what, what he's trying to get to with the guy who... So um, if you can afford a $1,000 suit, if you're the kind of person that can afford a $1,000 suit, are you the kind of person that should be donating $1,000 to save a life? Right. Is that is that like that's yeah see that's well, a, I got that's a, a little bit I'm wearing the suit to, right now so I'm like got a little use of that thousand dollars so maybe it's worth nine hundred ninety five dollars so I mean the value of a life is cheaper by saving that child than to give them a full thousand dollar brand new suit Jesus I can also resell that suit for maybe <laughs> half the price after it gets wet and I dry it maybe it's not a full thousand but I can sell it for like four fifty. Fuck, and then you know that child that I saved is worth is actually his life is cheaper, so it's a better deal as a lucrative financial manager to save that child in the ocean. And the maybe fuck? there's a couple hot chicks in the ocean beach area watching me save this girl, this boy or girl, and then I get some, you know, I get laid out of it. Maybe I get some, maybe I get some um, lucrative beneficial areas of um let's see like some youtube video content that someone videotapes me saving that life and i blow up and i get on like sunday news tonight or that dude with a big ass gap in his tooth he's on tv maybe he <laughs> tells me to go on his show will be goldberg and those bitches be like yo come on to our show and then i'm like hey by the way i got this tree company Anybody in the local Fitchburg area <laughs> needs to get some tree removals for real cheap. Then I blow up there, and I don't have to work anymore because I'm an influencer now because I saved <laughs> lives. So now oh I don't have to. God. Now I can start repping FUBU and all sorts of like alcoholic beverages, <laughs> like twisted <laughs> FUBU, fucking FUBU <laughs> twisted tea. We're talking like all sorts of great venues that I could make money off of down the line so i feel like there's a better financial opportunity to save the child in the ocean than just to donate blindly for some fake ass organization <clears throat> here with clinton all those democrats are running okay all right james that was, that was a take i'm just okay. kidding that was uh that was wonderful so uh, here's my take on it um guy rich guy thousand dollar suit 
sees the child drowning. Hell no, the suit isn't even that much of a suit, man. You go to the cheapest suit right now at Men's Warehouse, and you're no, looking at like that's, $500. That's, that's not the crux. No, no let's just you're, talk you're, about you're, this. You're, you're missing the, the, the... So here's the thing. So that you see a child drowning. You save that child. Now they're alive, right? Now you can... Be like you owe no, me something. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. The, in the other, the other scenario, there's okay. I sent, I give a thousand dollars to this charity, and it saves the life of a child. But what does that thousand dollars mean in that scenario? The thousand dollar suit in that scenario means I'm just losing a suit to save this child's life one time. I could save his life then, and then he could walk down the street and get hit by a bus and die. Right. Um, or do heroin and or, or overdose. Whatever, whatever the whatever whatever the case is. But what is that thousand dollars doing for that kid that's going to save his life? Is there a guy that's holding a gun to his head and it's like, give me give me a thousand dollars and I won't shoot this kid? Or is it like okay, the thousand dollars is going to go and feed him for like a year or something like that? You know, like what is the thousand dollars in the other scenario actually doing? Is it the same mechanism? as the other one where it's just, I'm, I'm quickly saving his life this one time, or is that thousand dollars actually going to go to something that's going to be like longer term and like set him off in a, in a good direction, provide him some kind of schooling, something like that. Like what's the actual money going towards? Yeah. Cause, well, cause that, that may, no, that, and I agree. I think that's yeah. where the line is, is like, and I think that's why these are two different, very different scenarios. Yeah. The guy that um, formulated this, his name's Peter Singer. He um, he also this isn't a thought experiment, but he has a essentially he says the if you want to be a moral person, the best way for most people in the societies we live in these days. He's I think Australian, so what he means. Uh, you got side note. You guys ever heard of the term weird, like a weird society? No. W e i r d. So it stands for um, Western, educated, industrialized. Uh, rich and developed okay so interestingly <laughs> okay a lot of a lot of um psych psychology like surveys experiments and studies are done on psychology students because they're the easiest things that people that psychology professors have access mm -hmm. to all these students come from weird societies so most of the results of psychological literature literature <laughs> only apply to uh weird people uh, which is not the majority of people yep, in the, that is, that in is the world correct, so yes. that's another that's another thing but essentially if we're in um what peter singer says is the best way to be moral in a weird society is to get a job doesn't matter what it is unless it's not i think he says it's not it can't be like blatantly immoral so whatever regular job you get a, you get the best job you can that gives you the most money that you can make and then you take x amount of uh percentage of what you make and donate it to effective <coughs> charities like that's the best way for most normal people in weird societies to be actually on the ground practically moral mm, okay or to make more to make a moral difference rather than say joining a monastery or you know volunteering at a soup kitchen three times a week or whatever mm -hmm. like doing this if they're effective charities now again this could lead into the whole can we trust and whatnot question yeah. but it's interesting because what he um he's the guy that formulated this so it's like the same sort of thing is like like what you were saying the mechanism by which it saves the mm -hmm. child like you know and this guy i think i've heard of this guy like he actually lives by this like he's a professor and he lives he he any income that he makes, he uses 
or anything ab- that he makes that is above what he needs to survive, he donates. Yeah, I think I think if it's anyone, it's probably Peter yeah, Singer. I've, um, I've heard of this guy. Yeah, yeah, he's really he's an interesting interesting moral uh, philosopher, and a lot of his stuff is like extremely practically based. Because you can have people that talk about ethics, and they're like extremely abstract about like what's going on, but all of his stuff is like ex- like very grounded in what you do, what you should do, like in practical situations. But I, I, I mean, I, I have to agree with with that concept that idea because like it's crazy like a lot of people whatever your motivations are for trying to be charitable or helping out or or being a part of your community or anything like that like like it's like the the fucking once one day a year you want to go down to the soup kitchen and on thanksgiving and fucking serve the the less quote less fortunate um you know a lot of those programs that are available in our community like they're already like well funded they've got all their stuff and like the food pantry doesn't need more more fucking canned green beans and spaghetti Mm -hmm. like they got that shit they've got more than enough of that shit Mm. so if you really want to help people doing it in a way where you can sort of fund other programs and like through those charitable organizations that makes sense man finding a legitimate effective uh, charitable institution and just giving them funds to exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, I think when he talks about this, he uses the example of like becoming a lawyer and making as much money as you can mm-hmm. because people don't usually associate that. Just so I don't even know if it is like a morality thing with your job, but um, interest like of note, it's important to note. He Peter Singer has a website or there's a website associated with Pinger Singer called thelifeyoucansave.org, which is a bunch of charities that he has vetted mm-hmm. or his people have vetted that are effective. So it's kind of like a laundry list of if this is what you want to do, here are some places to mm. look into. I saw a thing on um I don't remember if it was a comedian talking about it or if it was an actual documentary or something. It was a long time ago. But they said, imagine if <clears throat> taxes whatever percent of taxes that you pay in, whether it be in your check or whatever, that same amount doesn't change and any money that you put in is still the same. But instead of it going to, say, like someone else who decides where it goes, every year you vote where your taxes should go. Your personal tax, not the community, but your personal, and you want to be like, I want, you know, Okay, you're making this much money. You're putting in ten thousand dollars a year. Where do you want your tax money to go? And you're like, I want five thousand dollars to go to schools. I want three thousand to go to police. I want this much to go to fire. I want this much to go to roads, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. How would everything be developed? And then based on that and everyone's input, that's how the money would actually be dispersed. I feel like that's a terrible it's idea. Terrible. So. I, well, I'll tell you why I think it's terrible. I think it's terrible because the people who are like the people, part of the population whose money that they're choosing to go wherever they want to go, obviously the most money is going to go to the places that have the best, I don't know, advertising, marketing, and it's sort of ideologically based. And if it's, if that's the case, then you might have a bunch of people in a deep, deep red area where their school isn't getting like any right, money, but, but their, their gun club is getting, is getting shit, like all the money. You know what I mean? Next year. Hold, hold on, though, hold on, hold on. I, I think um, rather than us getting to choose where our money's going, we should at least be able to see where our money's going. That's oh, true. Yeah. So, so then we can vote 
people into office That's that will rep allegedly how it works no, but now it's not because we <laughs> no, don't actually yeah. see where the money's going but if we could see where the money was going then we yeah. could vote people into place who are actually say okay if you want your money to go to this these types of things vote for me that's, actually, that's weird do, though because you're trusting they, one person but now we don't have any visibility on that now we don't there is so they do sometimes you'll have situations where um a municipality collects more money than they need for whatever and then they have an extra amount of money and then they'll put a referendum on whatever what can we do with this money we can either put it here or we can put mm -hmm. it here so in some senses we already have this situation where but when was the last time uh, that you had a note that came to your door that said hey we have a six percent where, where do you want to put your money actually didn't you get that in colorado yeah exactly with the, yeah. With the weed money that was like yeah yeah, yeah. You want yeah. to talk a little bit about yeah. that? And I would if I could remember, but it was... <laughs> it was... Okay, it was very simple. Like, it was... You, you had... Yeah, it was like there was extra money from some sort of legalization or <clears throat> decriminal or something, and it was either we could give it to... It was, it was like a binary choice. We could like give it to schools or we could keep it in the coffer to be like voted on later or something like mm -hmm. that. So it was like either bonus money for schools or... We just sit on it and like decide. Oh, I thought it was for like so, like municipality, like roads and like inf infrastructure uh, in the town. I'll, like, also just fucking try to look it up. I mean, um, I feel like if so, like say that it was Fitchburg, right? Fitchburg is clearly um, seeing a decline in like schooling systems, and people could choose. Like, well, listen, my kid fucking goes here, so I'm going to put my money into the school system. Where would it would make sense? Or so, like, you have kids, you're going to pay your taxes towards schools. But I don't have kids, I want fucking like infrastructure or like but police. Here, here's here's the next level, though. Okay, you're yeah. giving more money to schools. What are they doing with that money? Right. Who's the guy that's in charge of the money, and well, where is he going to put that's it? That's an entire other level of Steak shit. Dinners and but Christmas like, bonuses, baby. But if you want yeah. me to trust some politician, to be like, listen, I'm for the schools. Give me money. But, but okay, who, that's who, a, do you, who do you trust? That's then? A do we trust anybody? This goes back that, to the other thing. That's you know? like the next level of middleman. That's like I'm cutting one more middleman out of it by doing that. That's one decision less that some shady politician has to make because the people are making that decision on where their, their, their own money is going. But, but do the, the people, the day-to-day -day people who, who, who have a 40-plus-hour-a-week job, who are trying to raise a family, who are trying to cope with existence, do they have time to think about and actually know what the best way that their money is going to be spent in all these different aspects? Maybe not, but are those the same people that can vote properly and give the right vote that they want to vote in? Do they have time to think about voting and who's the right politician to that, rule their own country or world? A, that's a good question, too. So maybe those people who can't choose on their own shouldn't even be able to fucking vote. <laughs> so what you're saying is we should live in the Matrix where the machines make all the decisions for us? <laughs> Listen, man, we're already living in the Matrix, bro. They're already making our decisions. I this, mean, this whole voting thing is just a shabu. It, it was an interesting thought. Like, in your your first point, Q, was how, like, you know, you have, take somebody who is very well off, has a really well, like, a high income and pays a lot more taxes than just, like, uh, maybe somebody you know with a minimum wage job they're gonna have more money in taxes taken out of their checks so they're gonna have more they're gonna money. have a much larger say they're gonna have a much more power and influences mm -hmm. where true. that money's going into their right. communities 
Which doesn't really sound like democracy, no, does it? Not no. at all. And, and that's <laughs> it's funny. It's like your point. Like depending on I, I how you know what tribe they fall into, what what drives them, they might <laughs> put more money into the gun club versus what's what scare taxes have been pumped into their heads through I don't know Fox News yeah. or whatever. But but at the same time, would that be the case? They don't even fucking pay taxes, well, man. Well, so no, who cares? No, but, but would you? <laughs> but could it be possible that those same individuals? Are uh, I mean I just I don't want to make assumptions, but let's just say like they're they're at least educated enough to know how important schools are or the community is, and would be able to make that right call. You uh, think? But the, those people might not think that schools are important, right? I, I mean, I guess I'm making the assumption that yeah. they're educated enough. No, or to, they might not it, be donating money to schools because they're. They think that the school is going to teach critical race theory. So, like, fuck that. Unless, <laughs> you know, they might not give any money unless to school. Unless they have, yeah. right, unless they, they're putting their kids through private institutions. They totally right. are. And, and so they right. don't have to worry about the school system. They have a, yeah. Well, that's yeah, totally a thing, too. Exactly. But their techs have to go somewhere. Their money that, and honestly, you can do an option. This is just me spitfiring here. You can do a fucking option where you go default. You can decide for me. I don't care. Or you can go. Yes, I want to choose. Yeah, yeah. You so know? I was thinking when you when you started talking about this, it was like one way you could differentiate it is there is a baseline of tax dollars from the constituency that needs to go to these various departments just to keep them operational. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you Without have firing more, you people. Have, you, yeah, then you have like discretionary spending, right? You've got this extra pot of money where it's like, well, this is, we've got everything taken care of to keep it going. Where do we want to invest? Mm-hmm. Yes. And not just like in this terms of dollar and cents, but like you're investing, like what do we want to like make better? Grow, you know? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You think the roads are fucking shitty? You want that pothole filled? Well, guess what? We got enough people to do the basic maintenance, but maybe you want that pothole filled. Dude, or I just the- hit a major pothole, a pothole on the ride over here today. Yeah, fuck yeah, there's full. There's it was full of it them. was huge, dude. But- Dude, I feel like just first the highway man. I, I got concerned after I ran through it. I was like, "Fuck!" Don't you love that? Hey, a new ball joint. <laughs> yeah. Damn. What yeah, do you think right? Gina's doing right now? She's gonna pick her car for a new ball joint. Oh we moved to Fitchburg, God. and that's it. Well, guess what? It's your fault. You should be driving a much bigger vehicle, a truck perhaps that absorbs more vehicle at least a twelve-cylinder truck with that's lifted at least 36 gotta get inches a lift kit on that shit brah <laughs> i want a lift kit on my nissan xterra if, if you're if it takes if it takes less than 70 dollars to fill up your tank you're not driving the right car that's okay true. okay oh jesus christ <laughs> it needs to be at least 110 to 140 bucks to complain i mean that's pretty easy that's pretty easy now though right that's right my hey God. my car to fill up still only costs 45 dollars baby it's it i mean uh, thought experiments aside it's fucking I don't know how to feel about it, but this is all I'm hearing all day, every day <laughs> from like older people. Well, the, the, the gases and the president. The gas prices. Wait a minute. Let him, let him get it out. Just get the, it. What about the gas prices? Just no. Has Okay. Just nothing about like presidency <laughs> or anything like that. Although I've heard some people say that, which it. Okay. Like, it's mostly just, just like, the fact that the gas prices are it's high. It's just like. What can we complain about right now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> totally. oh, my God, the gas prices. Yes, yeah. I hope I'm not like that in the future. I'm saying it as a joke, obviously. Mm. 
But yeah. hopefully we're not like that. I did see a great meme on the gas prices though. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was very funny. It was like something like maybe we should all stay home for two weeks to flatten the curve. Jesus I saw Christ. that too. I think yeah. Gina showed me that. So um, one, so <laughs> right now, right now, like where the gas prices are, I hate talking about this, but right now where they are in my lifetime, I've actually seen them this high. And it was actually a yeah. while ago. So right now, with inflation being as high as it is, it's at, they're actually not as ex- gas isn't as expensive as it was during my lifetime. Right. So I'm right now in this moment. I, that dude, might change. And in a couple when of months, you were but. when that shit was high, you were probably in like high school and college where you were struggling way more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I remember even high school and seeing it like at three fifty or four bucks, and I was like, "Bro, I have twenty bucks. Can this last me to get to school for the next week? Like, this is what I got." And I was, I, you guys familiar? I don't know. Yeah, it's bullshit. But go. Sorry. Are you are you guys familiar with um the problem with John Stewart? No. No. It's like his new. Uh, is it a podcast that he does? I think okay. so. So there's also I can't tell I can't tell where the podcast ends, where the YouTube channel begins, and the TV show begins. Okay. <laughs> it's so it's like a, it's a media platform. Let's just yep. say that. Um, and he's got a really great video on inflation that I'm highly encourage you guys to check. Can you out. send um, it to me right now? I will forget oh. it. I will forget this. It's a video or a yeah. podcast? Yeah, it's a, it's a video. It's a video. It's like an interview or mm-hmm. something. He talks um, about inflation. Yeah, he talks about inflation or. It's a group of him and his writers talking about inflation and whatnot. And it's, I, I guess I could just look it up on my phone right now. Gas is like is one thing or whatever, but like this general, the general like oh my god, inflation's at seven point whatever percent. It's kind of like an interesting point that he brings up. It's like, what do you think a corporation is going to do when they start to hear the word inflation being thrown around in the media? I don't know what they're going to jump on the bandwagon and raise their prices because it's inflation. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, totally. Well, I mean, it's like this notion that inflation just falls on us from out of the sky. No, it's when a bunch of companies raise prices on something because they can for whatever reason. So I'm I'm not an economist by any means what inflation yeah. means to me and what I've come to understand it as, as just being a person that functions in the world is that over the course of my life, the price of certain goods and services generally increase over time. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, and, that's and what, whatever. That, I think that's different from inflation. Whatever though. mechanism like is behind it. Yeah. That's like a cola raise in a way, a cost of living adjustment. Well, yeah, but why does it, why does that, why does that increase? That increases. Yeah. Cause normal trading goods increases over time. But what, what's why? Why? Why should um, it? Yeah. Why, why should it? Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm not an economist, so I don't know the answers to these questions. So when people so why say did, inflation, why did, why is, I just know. Yeah. That, why that, is cola fucking a dollar 25 and it's not 10 cents anymore? Dude, I don't know. I don't get cost of living raises. I, I like, so it, all I know is that over time, my money becomes devalued because the price of things go up and I don't know because I'm not an economist. Does it have to do with anything with like All how I'm much a, is being printed? Like well, that's, yeah, that, that's that's part of it. That's if, exactly if you, why I think make, it is. If, more more money in a system. I mean, the yeah, va- prices go up, but also ideally wages go up. So ideally, yeah, you used to be yes. able to pay ten cents for a. You used to be able to pay ten cents for coke. Coke now costs a dollar twenty five, but you also 
can buy you also be able to buy a house then for four thousand dollars and now you have to pay four hundred thousand dollars so it's but you're also making you should be making more than more you money. but the, the problem right. is when that that well, gets you're, too you're out almost of certainly whack. making more than you it, it, yeah when it, everything yeah, is it gets too out of whack because like yeah um you know somebody that you know graduated from high school 50 years ago and got a you know a job right out of it could afford to get a mortgage on a house and live blah, blah, so blah, when blah. I so when I I want to tell you a quick story so when I was uh, living at your parents house and your grandfather lived at your parents house as well I cleaned out their basement and I found all your grandfather's old pay stubs and I went through them all and looked at his hourly wage mm-hmm. his hourly what the fuck that's a violation <laughs> <laughs> just kidding I went through his hourly wages. You know, I went through his systems. I went through all his taxes. I refiled his taxes. Or, and then I collected the money on my end. No. Yeah. I went through his... I basically <laughs> stole his identity. I am your grandfather now, son. I own everything, man. Oh, my God. It doesn't make you know, man, that it's not me. I'm your grandbaby. Okay, no, okay. But listen, so his hourly wage back then in like well, the 70s and 80s yeah. was like two dollars and fifty cents an hour yeah and he was pulling in like 85 bucks a week yeah and you know to like so you can see like the extrapolation over time like to make that much money and i don't know what it is if it's like a society or a culture thing like everyone's like ideas to make more and more money and everyone compares themselves and how much money do i make compared to my my constituents or whatever and everyone wants a higher wage and that is a part of it, or it's just like we print out so much fucking money that the value of the dollar is just lower in value because there's too much of it. It's, and that makes sense. Like if anyone fucking could see the future, they would say like, "Oh, the government just printed out ten trillion dollars two years ago because of COVID." Guess what? Inflation's going to happen, and now we're just there, and inflation is happening currently. I think that's only part of the story, though. I, I think it's I, like I said, not being an economist. I think this shit's really complex, and I, I don't know how it works. I think it's complex, but it's also a very simple fucking mathematical thing that's happening, and people can see it on the on the interwebs. And I mean, I feel like it's a supply and demand type of thing. When you have more of one that's product, part of it, yeah, the de- the supply is high and the demand is low. You know, you got a lot of fucking money in the system, and guess what? It's not worth as much as it should be. I don't know. Right, what were you gonna say there, Kim? I don't remember. I lost it. <laughs> that's okay. But yeah, I, I mean, the large scale, like the reason that the prices now are different than they were a hundred years ago, I think that lo- like large scale trends is more money in the system, things cost more, and this is all sort of predicated or money's more money in the system, wages more higher wages, and that just kind of goes up and, over time. And and like you said, more, when that gets out of whack, there's more people that are yes. being yes. more people. There's more yeah. people. There's more money. Yeah. There's more capital. There's more services. There's more, 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 mm-hmm. more because capitalism is predicated on infinite mm-hmm. growth so if your economy isn't growing if it's not growing every year then you have like economic peril yeah. you have people freaking yeah. out like it's it's terrible so it's like the only way for this machine that we're all a part of to go forward is for things to keep going up obviously that's logically impossible at a certain yeah. point and we're going to hit that wall at some point but yeah and it's, right now it's kind of like that's why everything gets more and more and more because we ha- Capitalism requires more and more growth, requires more resources, requires yeah, more that number just more grows markets, higher. bigger markets, more people consuming stuff. Mm-hmm. Like And it's like it's like it's that saying like um teaching your kids the value of a dollar. Eventually It'll be teaching your kids the value of a Bitcoin. 
or yeah, or <laughs> a Bitcoin, or a hundred dollars, or a, thou- a like thousand a dollar yeah, bill. Like, like, make sure your kids understand the value of a thousand dollars or a Bitcoin or whatever. It's like, well, it'll I mean, just so go that's, higher. That's another thing. It's also weird because you think about like the dollar uh, doesn't get you shit now, man. Yeah, you think we think about things in terms of dollars because this is society we live in, and then we sort of like you think about Britain that has pound sterling, but that's not a one to one correlation. So like sixty bucks is not the same as sixty pounds for what it means you can buy in the system. But then you think about places like Japan where a dollar is like sixty five yen or whatever it is. <laughs> so it's like, do you re- do people in Japan teach their kids about the value of a singular yen? No, they, I don't know. They might, I mean, we think know? we think about yeah. the but it's all yeah, they it's, might. But it's we talk just about all relative in perspective. I mean, well, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we th- you talk about teaching your kid the value of a dollar. It's like, we just have it's to more shift about teaching your kid the value yeah, of money, exactly. you know, like what money can thinking. do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, there are one, two, three, there are five more that I had written down here. Okay. Let's do, um, let's do one of those. Let's do one more of those. F- and like w- the one okay. that you think is like the best one out of all those. So two more total? Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Um, I'll save the guy one the I like lips. the most for last. You're smooching, <laughs> and you don't love him, but... It's what your pants can good. <laughs> you keep going? You put that tongue in there, or what? You yeah. keep a smooch, you push do him you away? really know what to do with it until it's waggling in front of your face? <laughs> um, let's see. I'm going to go... Let's go with... Uh, this one's called... Searle's Chinese Room. Okay. okay. Ooh, it sounds okay. like a puzzle. So this one's I don't know also, why. I just think of puzzles. <laughs> this one's also kind of has to do with um, knowledge, but it also has to kind of do with artificial intelligence. Oh, good, good. I like it. Okay. Imagine yourself alone in a room, okay? You have um, a computer program and a couple books in front of you. The computer program and the books give you all the information you need to interpret what was just slipped under the door. What was slipped under the door is a sheet of paper that contains a bunch of Chinese characters. You don't know how to read Chinese, but using this computer and books, you can um, manipulate symbols and numerals and send an appropriate string of Chinese characters out onto a piece of paper and slip it back under the door. Whoever's outside the room gets this piece of paper and starts to think that there is a Chinese-speaking person inside the room. Does the person in the room, along with the computer program and books, understand Chinese? That's a yes. Oh, man. Um, okay, so there's a there's a dude that's Chinese. He slips you a fuck. You're a prisoner of war. He slips you a message. You slip him a message, but based on his message, you fucking decode it, retranslate it, and then put it back into his language. Put it under the door, and now he's like, "Oh fuck!" There's another Chinese dude on the other side. No, but that's not the point. Is it? Do you does no, the person the, the, understand <clears throat> Chinese? Right. Essentially, they're fuck just yeah. following instructions from the book and the computer to respond appropriately. I, yeah, he's under, that's understanding Chinese, translating it. And yeah, re- but you also got to look at, like, language is more than just what is being translated. There's the, in, the intent of certain words, how, how, how you say things. I, I don't know, man. I think there's... Do you... So, but with the computer and the books, does it only have enough information to decipher that note? Or do, could you also decipher other notes? Like... 
Well, I think the idea is that you can whatever any, message any, is slipped any, under the door. Any Chinese, you note, can you translate can, it. You and essentially, respond. the person on the outside of the room, yeah. the person on the outside of the room, thinks that they're talking to someone who is a Chinese okay. speaker. Okay. And the and the thing is, is like this thought experiment kind of exposes like we don't think of what the person is doing as being fluent in Chinese. Yeah. Yeah. So this whole this whole thought experiment is an analogy for artificial intelligence um given this example do you think it is possible for an artificial intelligence to be conscious and aware of their actions if they are simply following a computer program okay okay that's kind of what this is yeah getting at. yeah yeah because we can imagine that this is a functional system where someone is giving you stuff underneath the door you're sending something back out um based on the instructions you have in front of you but do you really know? I'm I'm, I'm typing to a computer, and they're giving me a reasonable a reasonable response back, and I don't know I don't yeah. know who's on the other side. I don't know who's sending back the response. It's like talking to fucking. It's like Russian bots fucking troll farms creating controversy on the internet. Yeah, under fake accounts. Yeah. Well, that's that's just like if you fucking if I push Justin and Justin pushes me back because I pushed him. And then I fucking push a twig and it snaps back and hit me. You know, am I treating both those things as the same, you know, intelligence level or the same, you know, being in one way or another? Like, just because there's a reaction or there's a fucking, you know, there's a reaction based on what you do doesn't make it real or not. It's just based on how it's been delivered to you in a way. So like if I it's, give if I if I tell Seth if I give Seth a hand language symbol and he looks up that hand language symbol on his phone and then he gives me back the same hand language symbol and I do that to a fucking computer and it says hello I'm treating those two things differently because they're receiving that information differently and computing it differently someone wrote that program did someone write seth's program i don't know are we in a simulation i don't fucking know but right now in my sphere seth's a living being and that's a computer just like that plant the plants and justin's justin it's it should be noted that it's this the whole chinese room scenario is kind of a follow-up to a a Turing test. Okay. Yep. Or it's yep. like a, it's like a stronger version of a Turing test. So the Turing test, if you don't know, is essentially Alan Turing, uh, early AI computer guy, math dude. Basically, like if a if if you can be interacting with a machine and <laughs> you don't know you're interacting with a the machine, then it has passed the Turing yep. test. It's uh, but the movie X Machina is. Yeah, all about yeah. yeah Turing tests. Yeah, yeah, and this the, so the Chinese room kind of takes it a step further because it kind of tells you what's happening, yeah. like on the inside. Like, you know, I'm in this room. I have this computer and these books, and I can you know use them to respond. But I don't know Chinese. I don't understand Chinese. Exactly. Yeah. So the person on the for the person on the outside, I'm passing the Turing yeah. test. Yeah. But. Yeah. <sighs> See, so this is where I'm struggling with it. Is like you as the person in the room, you don't know Chinese, but you have the resources to be able to understand and respond. Yeah, say they lock all these doors, but, you're stuck in this house. It's but, like, but I'm it's still, like there's a middleman. It's like um, so you have two Chinese people who understand the language talking to each other, and right? yeah, you're the middleman. 
Well, no, no, no. I'm just saying you've got two Chinese. Okay. I'm not talking about this scenario. I'm just talking about you have Chinese person A, Chinese person B. They're okay. talking to each other, understanding each other. In this scenario, you've got a Chinese person not directly communicating with another person. There. There's like there's keep a middle, it simple, there's a middle Justin. Man there because they're going through like this box. Justin, keep it simple. Say right. that yeah. you're in my house right now. I lock all the fucking doors and the windows and everything, and you can't get out. There's no way you can get out. All this That's my dream proof. right there. You're taking mm. it to. <laughs> and there's some dude at the front door, and he just hands you a note. But there's a force field that you can't walk through. He hands you a note, and you need to answer it. But you got my computer. You got Seth's computer. You got your fucking phones and you can be like all right i'll take a picture there's a fucking device google translate you can take a picture of it and it'll be like hello justin my name is young jing and i want to give you five dollars yes or no and then you just circle one of the fucking characters and you give it back to him and then he fucking gives you five dollars and he sends you another letter and that's kind of I mean, what it my, is right uh, so you're responding to a dude that gives you a language i don't think you know chinese even though you, yeah, I, so, I don't feel like you know Chinese. Even though you have the resources yeah. to communicate yeah. and respond, I don't think you know Chinese. Yeah, that's my feeling. Yeah, because so the narrow, I'm just going to read this real quick. The narrow conclusion of the argument is that programming a digital computer may make it appear to understand language, but could not produce real understanding. Hence, the Turing test is inadequate. Mm. Searle argues that the thought experiment underscores the fact that computers merely merely use syntactic rules to manipulate symbol strings, but have no understanding of meaning or semantics. The broader conclusion of the argument is that the theory that human minds are computer-like computational or information processing systems is refuted. Instead, minds must result from biological processes computers can at best simulate these biological processes thus the argument has large implications for semantics philosophy of language and mind theories of consciousness computer science and cognitive science generally okay i I like that Um, all it takes is one cultural outbreak and then guess what computers are people too bro so has someone expand i'm sure there's somebody that has but like taken the turing test to the next level like it's like turing test plus plus or something i agree with everything you said about that because like you can't build biological thinking in a a certain way everything is systematically built through coding where yes is no and no is yes is the human brain just coding i don't know man i don't fucking know i don't know yeah that's the important part is like if it is is how do you prove that shit who built it god jesus (laughs) it doesn't matter who built it doesn't matter who built it it could be evolution. It, ju- it just ma- all all that matters is that how and, it works. And we're on the most complex end of computer mapping, and then yeah, then then yeah, maybe. But you have to prove that shit. Can everything just like God? Can anything really just be bro- broken down to zeros and ones? I. That's a good I, question. I yeah, I, I, I don't mean, know. I, there, you, I don't know. you couldn't answer that. I don't you can't know. answer yeah, that can't. question. Just like you can't answer real. it yet. <laughs> right. No, I mean, I suppose, <laughs> no. yeah. But I, yeah, I don't know. There's more. I think like you like that. The response says there's more to this. The semantics of language. And that's the thing and, is like a lot of these. A lot of um, uh, thought experiments. Kind of what they do is they pump your intuitions, mm-hmm. right? So they 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 give you these weird scenarios that kind of like press on what you think or what you would what would you would intuitively expect to be the case. So this one, yeah, we don't think he knows Chinese, but for the person outside, he knows Chinese, yeah. but that's not what knowing is. So now we have to start thinking about all these other <laughs> right, things. <laughs> right. That's um, a good one. So I like the, that. Yeah, that's a neat one. Uh, the last one I have 
is I'm pretty sure I've brought this brought brought this up before, but it um part one is the ship of uh, Theseus. Yep. yep. Okay. So I, uh, there's a really very well used boat. Okay. Imagine a boat, very well used. During the life of this ship, parts have broken down and have been replaced. The mast, for instance, is lost in a storm, so they get a new one. Some of the wood rots and is replaced with fresh timber, and the bolts and nails holding it together rust away and are replaced with fresh ones. Eventually, none of the original materials that made up the ship are there, yet the boat still sails same as ever. Is this the same boat, or is it a different boat now? It's the same boat. Final answer. So there's a boat. It is the same boat. It's a tear rating. Because it's, and they, it's, re- they repair it as time goes on. Is it the same it's, boat or not? It's it's the symbol. It's what it means. It's what Correct. it represents to you. I agree. Is it this house the same with, house? Yeah. It has nothing to do it's it's the same reason of like, you know, your you know, your uh I don't know, like your a, be, a best friend could be family to you. It's it's the symbol. It's whatever it yeah, means to you. Yeah, and if if it's not, what changes it to make it a new boat? Is it one nail? Is it one board? Is it the entire like right. my house? My house is the same house. If I paint it, does that make it a new house or is it the hardwood floor that makes it a new house? Or is it everything? Or is it one piece of little thing? Like it's the same house. It's the same boat. It's the same boat. No matter what you change. So what you what you guys have both kind of identified uh handbone you've sort of circled around um the symbolism of it and uh just uh, uh that's james my name is james, <laughs> james. <laughs> I'm like, they're not both called justin no and, J- and james you sort of identified like a, a functional unity right. and i like the functional one in particular because the boat is still sailing it still has the same name symbol uh J- justin um but yeah it's like what this kind of does is like you guys both brought up all the really good points is like if it if it is have to if it has to do with its its physical constitution then yes there must be a point at which is it the last replacement piece now it's a new boat or is it like is it the original boat up until it has one nail left from the original boat in it Mm -hmm. you know like where is that Mm -hmm. point that doesn't make sense what does that mean um but yeah i heard this also like in terms of a a car, like you have a car that you drive, and if you replace all the, it's the same mm-hmm. problem. But it's right. like you know, if your car has a name, then it's more of a symbol. It's more of a also use it to drive. So yeah, it's like it's functional, and that symbolic and functional thing is actually pulls a lot of weight in our in our world. What this kind of what this kind of points at is like um, obviously identity. Like where does like what makes up an identity? Mm-hmm. Um, like. The, the cool part is the second part of this, which is uh, a, a variation that Derek Parfit came up with. Derek Parfit is a... I, I heard it pronounced uh, Parfait. Dead... <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, so his, his version is such. Uh, a person steps into a, tel- a transportation machine. The first part of the transportation machine scans the person's body and then vaporizes it, destroying it completely. The second part of the transportation machine then prints out an identical version of the person using some bio inks they had on hand. The copy has all the same mental and physical attributes of the original, along with all the memories of the original. Is this person the same person or a new and different person? So it's a Cylon. 
I mean, um, the fuck's a Cylon? <laughs> <laughs> Am I missing something here? Hey, Battlestar Galactica. Um, they're they're fracking robots, man. Um, <laughs> uh, see, it's crazy. This one's harder. Because I, 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 th- I if if you if you think that the, the 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 ship is the same, then I think you also have to think that the person is the same. Because if it has all the same memories and thoughts and physical function, if nothing's different. Can right. you wait? Can you repeat that one? So it's. There's, I'm confused. It's because you were playing with your dog. I know James. Well, she's barking. I got to keep her under control. So th- th- I mean, this is kind of like a theory of how um, teleportation devices would work. Essentially, like it's it's one way, right? Right. So it the, would take yeah. all of it, you could either take all of you, the the stuff that all of the atoms, like break your body down to its smallest molecule, um, you know, send it through light speed via something, and then it gets re put all back together into the same the same configuration somewhere else. Yeah, that's a little bit different because that assumes you keep the, the same, same atoms, yes, which is your same exactly. body. Yeah, this is one step further where it's like it's you're destroyed right. and then re-put back together with all the same information, though. So, like, a, a, another way you could think about it is, like, the transportation machine one is on yeah. Earth, number two is on Mars, yeah. and, like, yeah, you get destroyed... And what's sent to Mars is basically directions on how to put, put you back together. To, yeah. Yeah. So when you get reconstituted on Mars and you have all the same memories and everything, yeah. and it feels as though you just got beamed from one place to yeah. the next. Yeah. And then again, kind of we're back to like at the beginning of like, you know, can you trust your own memories of that yep. or what have you? Yeah. So what's interesting is like you can kind of push this a little bit further. So what if you have a transportation machine on Earth, one on Mars, right? And you, you, you go, you hit the button to go. Well, what happens is, is that the step one gets delayed somehow. There's a glitch, right? So you don't don't get get destroyed. You don't get vaporized immediately. But what happens first is that the directions are sent after you get scanned and you get reconstituted on, on Mars. There's two of you. There's, yeah. yeah, exactly. There's two yeah. of you. So which one is the, quote, real you? And furthermore, what happens if the you that's on Mars comes out of the chamber and there's a feedback screen that shows the same chamber on Earth and he turns around and looks and then watches himself get destroyed? Well, that, I mean, so, that's, that's uh, a, like, that creates a major paradox, man. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, which one is the original one? Is it the same person? And it, again, this kind of presses at your notion of personal. Like, what is it that makes you, mm. you? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> yeah, that, that's crazy. Uh, I mean, because if, if you think about it, like, it's the same, the same thing is happening with people, right? Because you have your cells get replaced in your body what, every seven that, years exactly. or something, whatever yeah. it is. It's just a so much why, slower process. Yeah. Right. So what is it that makes it correct to say that Seth at 34 is the same as Seth at 14? Well, dude, that's definitely different. I'm going to say right now, me 14 and me 20, 34, 24, we're just different people, man. We're just yeah. growing. We're yeah. growing and we're learning. So, but the symbol I, of you. I, I tend to agree with that. Right. I tend to agree with that. But again, everyone else, we all have the same identity. So what is this? What is it that makes identity persistent yeah, yeah, for people? Yeah. And a lot of it, a lot, a lot of times it's usually like, oh, well, it's, you know, our memories and our thoughts. But does that mean they have to be continuous? Hell no. 
And if and if they are continuous, like if they have to be continuous, what about someone who has a coma, who doesn't ha- who has a chunk of their life that that doesn't tie every event well, together? The identity you know what I mean? part of everything is bullshit. All that is bullshit, and all that is you can make a new identity, you can change your name, you can start a whole new life, and that person that lived on could be dead, but you can be the same person doing like things that are completely different and not knowing anyone. That identity part is just kind of bullshit. Well, I don't just mean like others... Reflecting you as you, or you reflecting as yourself, but you as a person, yeah, I mean, same concept, I guess. Yeah, in the sense of like um, identity, I mean, I mean, yes, you could change your identity, like what it is on paper, what people call you, but I mean, like, what is it that makes you you as a person? Yeah, well, what is it? You got yeah, what is it that holds rebuild? all of it together? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, what mm-hmm. is it that's that that yeah that encapsulates it all? If it's if it's not your physical body, if it's not continuity of experiences and mm-hmm. memories, if those aren't the things that make that make up an identity, then what, what, is, what identity? is the identity come yeah. from? Absolutely yeah. nothing. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, man, I don't think we're in that next level of dimension it, is, that can understand that. Does identity like does it really even like exist? Like, does, does is identity even really a thing? Like, we call it something. Like, we put like um. I think we put an image on objects to keep our minds at ease. Like, does it exist in the sense of like? We're trying to label this thing, but is it really there? Yeah. Yeah, no. I want to say that identity is a, it's like a perceived state that is. A comfortable way of thinking. It's it's sort of redefined every moment of our life. Like, it just, I don't know. It's like, it's like some weird, oh, fuck, man. It should be noted that what I mean here is personal identity. Identity is personal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Me, yeah. Ham, hammy yeah. bone. Yeah. Yes. The essence of ham. Yes. The, not the delicious <laughs> glazed kind either. Yeah. <laughs> the raw one. Um, it's yeah, gross man, to touch. I don't, I don't fuck it. I, this is, this is, I don't know, man. Well, it's interesting because it's like, I mean, like you guys mentioned at the beginning, function, the, the symbolic and the functional thing, like that can carry some weight for personal identity too, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. You know, like, functional in the sense of maybe like maintaining homeostasis in this body that's going to be the same same thing like my body like when i was at 14 and me now what's similar the body maintaining homeostasis Mm -hmm. you know uh so there's like a functional boundary you can draw around it symbolic boundary is you know me as as andrew or whatever that people know me as and also the identity i've sort of created myself and that's you know, essentially just a narrative that could be changed. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, it's still, it's still something that's holding weight, you know, I, th- but I think if technology continues to grow and we are able to somehow make our mind or our spirit move to different realms, whether it be computer realms or other physical being bodies that we can take our mind out and put into another person. I think this view of what people are would change and being yeah well i mean so you just said there like take your mind out and put it in another body that is sort of predicated on the fact that the mind and the body can be separate yeah is that true i don't know i mean there's this whole field called embodied cognition whereby essentially the way that our cognition works is sort of irrevocably intertwined with it 
being situated in a physical mm-hmm. body. You can think about this in ways of like, you know, you go in your backyard, you can see it in terms of affordances. What I mean by that is, oh, there's a stump there that I can climb onto or that I need to mow around in a circle or I have to watch out for that pipe that's sticking up so the dog doesn't get caught on it when she's running or whatever. Like you see the world in terms of what you can and cannot do in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's. I mean, that's our senses process that. They help us connect that stuff. Right, and that only happens in a body. Right. So it's like... You so might, our interpretation of our... <laughs> my God, okay. What if in right. Sims, if there was a fucking post and I kept seeing my Sim hit it, I could just delete it, but I'm not in that body. Our ability to to understand existence and our reality is, is sort of... Our bodies kind of calibrate that. Yeah, it's predicated on the yes. body. Because that's the only way us. we only... It's like our, our bodies calibrate our reality for us. Like it, it, it tells us, yeah. okay, I'm sitting on a chair. Yeah. I'm in this moment, in this room. But if I don't have a body to tell me that... <laughs> I can hear these sounds. I can smell these smells. Our see senses these things. Yeah. tell us yeah. where we're at. Yeah. And if you don't have a body right, to do that... Also, yeah, and it's also like it's also like how your body is um like the specificity of it. Like we we've you've all heard it's like science fiction or fantasy about like oh, he's the mind of a human in the body of a of a mm-hmm. rat or mm-hmm. something or like his mind was transferred into this snake. You wouldn't that it it won't work. If you yeah, it, it can't work. That is almost like in un, like it's not feasible to think about because of the fact that you know, a snake's cognition is tied to their body, which is a completely different set of affordances than it their is for body humans. Their has limitations. You that can't just a, start that a human around and, knowing that muscle memory without having yeah, that muscle memory. Exactly. And in the same way, like even like human to human, you know, like knowing people's pains and people's muscles. Yeah, exactly. Like someone, say an amputee or mm-hmm. something, or, you know, maybe if someone's got like someone's left-handed versus right-handed a different like that's, height we take this all kind yeah. of, I mean, yeah, getting put kind into of like, james body and trying to figure out how he works that pure big pain, fat baby. dick of his pure pain i don't know i don't know man i would crash i wouldn't know how to operate like that yeah. or just you'd be like jesus christ so much pain <laughs> <laughs> everything is on fire <laughs> well, you'll be time. constantly cracking your neck and you'll be constantly cracking your septum or whatever this thing is sternum sternum and then you'll be constantly <laughs> cracking your back over that banister oh to make sure your bones are released right <laughs> no it is it, it is interesting uh, my uh, so I, I really truly think like if if him like if myself me if I if there was a duplicate me on the in Mars and we're both on the same side of the portal we're both me and that's okay that thing is ham, and yeah, I'm ham. and that's the and thing. What would it be called if you had sex with yourself? Is it in- masturbation? <laughs> yeah, it's just right. masturbation. It's completely normal, right? It's not incest. <laughs> it's not like whatever you would have sex with your parents or your kids or whatever. It would just be having sex with yourself, which is just masturbation. Would you fuck me? I'd fuck myself. <laughs> I'd fuck me. I don't know if I would receive or give, though. I think I'd be. I don't think both. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's the same thing, right? Gotta go back. I guess you gotta be a team player to 69. Absolutely. But who's on top? Who's smelling that butt? <laughs> You're both smelling that butt. Yeah. I can feel <laughs> like the guy on top smells smells least. 
I don't know. We'll see. We'll see when we. T- When's when that we, teleportation when you, shit coming when you, out? When we clone <laughs> you, bro, get over here. We're sixty nine and ride me out. <laughs> yeah, James, get over here. For you. <laughs> Weird, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus. God. Well, I think that's the perfect place to end this, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you, Q. Thank you, Q. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. my mind is blown been blown yeah kind of hurts every time every time he was on my mind just gets blown i know you're talking debating the he's a good blower cypher and the matrix and you know all that all that shit jesus christ good episode and rice yeah what are you gonna do what are you gonna do you're gonna go and listen to all the other q episodes if you haven't listened to those yet that's what you're gonna do there's so many. I don't even know. How There's many. a lot. I, yeah, I can't even count at this point how many we've done with Q. At least seven. It's like almost three a year. So, yeah, there's probably seven or more. Yeah. Well, uh, QC, do we have anything? I I, I, I don't really because mm. for the most part, we're just talking um, about different thought experiments and um, our opinion. It's mo- like most Q episodes. There, Yeah, there's some facts and things in there, but it's a lot of discussion and opinions and working out ideas and that kind of stuff. And I have something to QC. You do? <clears throat> yes. Okay. Uh, so my only QC for this episode is that all of Seth's opinions are bullshit. <sighs> You're probably right. <laughs> probably right. Nothing is real, man. Yeah, Nothing yeah. is real. I don't, I don't really tell you guys what I really think on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, all right well james james well all you open-minded listeners don't forget to rate review and subscribe to this podcast check us out on facebook instagram and don't forget to like us on all the other shit and don't forget to all do all the stuff on all the podcast stuff like the uh spotify and the all Podbean and apple music yeah Thanks, guys, for listening. And rate, review, and subscribe. I said that already. No. In all those places. All those places. Rate, review, subscribe. This is motherfucking podcast. Cheers. Peace out. Later. See you later. (laughs) Bye, guys. Adios. Sausage candles.